Turn with me tonight in your Bible, if you have a copy of the Scriptures with you, to Judges chapter 16. Judges chapter 16. Now as you find the place, appointed for reading, let me just point out that we are in the throes of concluding a little study on the life of Samson. Every year, especially during the summertime, mostly in the month of August if I'm here and not away on holiday, we have a little study of some sort. And uh, this year I just felt led to look at the life of Samson, a very interesting character, one of the last judges, of course, of Israel. So we're really coming to the near the end of that little series, and this is probably the penultimate message. Uh, so there'll probably be one more after this, and then we'll leave it off uh, at that point. So we're turning tonight to Judges chapter 16. And we'll read from verse 1, Judges 16. Then went Samson to Gaza, and saw there an harlot, and went in unto her. And it was told the Gazites, saying, Samson has come hither. And they compassed him in, and lay wait for him all night in the gate of the city, and were quiet all night, saying, In the morning, when it is day, we shall kill him. And Samson lay till midnight, and arose at midnight, and took the doors of the gates of the city, and the two posts, and went away with them, bar and all, and put them upon his shoulders, and carried them to the top of an hill that is before Hebron. And it came to pass afterward that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. And the lords of the Philistines came up unto her, and said unto her, Entice him, and see wherein his great strength lieth, and by what means we may prevail against him, that we may bind him to afflict him, and we will give thee every one of us eleven hundred pieces of silver. And Delilah said to Samson, Tell me, I pray thee, wherein thy great strength lieth, and wherewith thou mightest be bound to afflict thee. And Samson said unto her, If they bind me with seven green whiffs that were never dried, then shall I be weak and be as another man. Then the lords of the Philistines brought up to her seven green whiffs, which had not been dried, and she bound him with them. Now there were men lying in wait, abiding with her in the chamber. And she said unto him, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he broke the withs, as a thread of tow is broken when it toucheth the fire, and his strength was not known. And Delilah said unto Samson, Behold, thou hast mocked me, and told me lies. Now tell me, I pray thee, for with thou mightest be bound. And he said unto her, If they bind me fast with new ropes that never were occupied, then shall I be weak and be as another man. Delilah therefore took new ropes and bound him therewith and said unto him, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. 
And there were liars and weight abiding in the chamber. And he brake them from off his arms like a thread. And Delilah said unto Samson, Hitherto thou hast mocked me, and told me lies. Tell me wherewith thou mightest be bound. And he said unto her, If thou weavest the seven locks of my head with the web. And she fastened it with the pin, and said unto him, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awaked out of his sleep, and went away with the pin of the beam, and with the web. And she said unto him, How canst thou say I love thee, when thine heart is not with me? Thou hast mocked me these three times, and hast not told me wherein thy great strength lieth. And it came to pass, when she pressed him daily with her words, and urged him, so that his soul was vexed unto death, that he told her all his heart, and said unto her, There hath not come a razor upon mine head, for I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. If I be shaven, then my strength will go from me, and I will become weak and be like any other man. And when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up this once, for he hath showed me all his heart. Then the, Philist then the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and brought money in their hand. And she made him sleep upon her knees. And she called for a man. And she caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head. And she began to afflict him. And his strength went from him. And she said, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times before and shake myself. And he wished not that the Lord was departed from him. Amen. We'll end the reading there at verse 20. And we trust and pray that the Lord will stamp with his own approval and blessing this reading of the Holy Scriptures. Now my text this evening is taken from Judges chapter 16, verses 19 and 20. It reads, and she made him sleep between her knees, and she called for a man, and she caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head, and she began to afflict him, and his strength went from him. And she said, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times before and shake myself. And he wished not that the Lord was departed from him. And my theme this evening is simply entitled, What Happened When Samson Met Delilah? Judges chapter 16 records some of the final days in the life of Samson. Now Samson, as we have learned in past occasions, is a very complex character as is revealed in the scriptures. We have no doubt in saying and believing that he's a saved man. He's mentioned in Hebrews 11 and belongs to a long line of the heroes of the faith. Yet we have to say he was also very sadly a, a silly, um, sinful man who lived according to the dictates of his flesh. The Samson story is a story of a man doing great feats in the name of the Lord. 
And yet at the same time, he's guilty of some great follies in his life. A man of great courage and yet a man of great carelessness as far as his own spiritual life is concerned. Some of you are familiar with the details. In chapter 13, for example, we've got the story of his remarkable birth. He's born at a time when the Philistines were creating havoc in the land of Israel. And from his birth, it was announced that Samson was set apart and consecrated unto God. He was not to drink wine. He was not to take strong drink. He was not to cut his hair. He was not to touch dead bodies. He was not to eat anything unclean. These were just mere symbols, we could say, of his consecration and separation unto the Lord. And I have no doubt that the Lord raised Samson up to be a deliverer in Israel at this time. If you look with me at chapter 13, we read in verse 24 and verse 25, And the woman bare a son and called his name Samson, and the child grew. And the Lord blessed him. And the Spirit of the Lord began to move him at times in the camp of Dan between Zorah and Eshtaol. The blessing of God was upon Samson. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, enabling him to do and perform great feats for the Lord's glory and for the Lord's name. And you can read some of these feats that Samson accomplished in chapters 14 and chapter 15. And for example, by the Spirit of the Lord, Samson slew 30 Philistines at a place called Ashkelon. He took their garments and gave them to uh, the Philistine lords at whom he'd made a, a deal with. He, he caught 300 foxes, he tied their tails together into pairs, he set the tails in fire, he let the foxes loose into the cornfields and the vineyards of Timnah. At Lehi he slew a thousand Philistines with the jawbone of an ass. At Gaza he, he carried the gates of that city 30 miles one night after midnight right up to the near the top of the hill of Hebron. You see, time and time again, when the Spirit of God was upon him, he did these things. He, he didn't accomplish them in his own strength. He accomplished them, enabled to do them by the strength and power of the Spirit of God. He had lovely hair, seven lovely, beautiful locks of hair. But, but they were only a symbol of his consecration and separation unto the Lord. There was nothing magical, young people, about his hair. Samson, I believe, was not a he-man figure. He, he, he hadn't got a, a great bulging physique of biceps and etc., etc. I believe he was just an ordinary man, energized to do great things by the Spirit of God. Now, you would think that Samson would want to be in his guard and protect the secret of his strength. His Nazarite vow unto God. Samson knows that he's a constant target for the Philistines' enemy. And yet at least on three occasions recorded in the Holy Scriptures, Samson makes friends with three Philistine women. He married one of the Philistine women from a place called Timnah, and yet didn't consummate the marriage. 
He then went into a, a Philistine harlot at a place called Gaza, which is still in existence to this day. And then he also met another Philistine woman called Delilah. And it's in Judges 16 that we're introduced to this third Philistine woman. This chapter makes for very sad reading. The Philistine woman to whom Samson had formed an attachment was offered a very large sum of money by the Philistine lords to betray Samson. They encouraged her to find the source of a strength. They, they wanted it neutralized. And despite repeated attempts to find out, Samson, on at least three occasions that we read of, told her lie after lie. Bind me with seven new whips. Find, bind me with seven new ropes. I've never been used. Uh, tie the seven locks of my hair together. Uh, and of course, it was all one lie after another. Until eventually, this woman who kept at Samson he eventually gave in to her prying and demands, and he told her the truth. And after she had caused him to fall asleep in his lap, a barber was sent for, his hair was shaven off, she awoke him with the same call, the Philistines be upon thee, Samson. Samson, what did he say? If you look at it there in chapter 16 verse 20, I will go out as at other times before and shake myself. And yet we read, and he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. A most tragic and terrifying statement for every individual believer to experience. Not only going to be tragic for an individual believer to experience, but also tragic for a body of God's people, a local congregation or a denomination to experience. Samuel, Samson, as we're going to see in a moment, lost many things. And yet one of the very things that he couldn't afford to lose was the presence and power of God from his life. And yet that's exactly what happened to him because of this Decision to disclose the secret of his strength to Delilah. We're thinking tonight what happened when Samson met Delilah. And I want you to think of three things tonight. I want you to think first of all of the sin that caused the Lord to depart from Samson. This is one of the things that happened when Samson met Delilah. You see, we read in the book of Judges when the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, 1325, 146, 1515. The Spirit of God moved him and enabled him and endued him with strength to, to do great exploits for God. Think of Samson being strengthened by the power of the Spirit to do things in the name of the Lord. Now look with me at verse 19. Look very carefully in the book. Look at the end of verse 19. And his strength went from him. Do you see the contrast? Strength came upon him to do these things for God. And here in verse 19 we read, And his strength went from him. This paints a totally different picture. Why did the Lord depart from Samson? 
What caused the Lord to withdraw his presence and power? The answer tonight is sin. Samson was guilty of the sin of foolishness and stupidity. Delilah, as we have said, was one of three ungodly women that Samson set his eyes on and his heart after. Think of Samson in the lap of Delilah. Isn't it says in verse 19, and she made him sleep upon her knees? Well, I don't even go into what that really means. But I want you to think of Samson asleep on Delilah's knee. And yet he couldn't see into her heart. He couldn't read her mind. He couldn't see her real intention and desire. You see, Delilah was a Philistine. Delilah had the heart of a Philistine. Delilah was going to be loyal to the Philistine lords. Samson should never have been in Delilah's house. Samson should never have ventured near her bedchamber. Samson should never have went near Delilah at all. Why was he there? He was devoid of wisdom, void of knowledge and understanding. In the book of Proverbs, in Proverbs chapter 7, Solomon gives wise counsel to his children. And he says to his children, Say unto wisdom, Thou art my sister, and call understanding thy kinswoman. For what reason? Verse 5 of chapter 7, that they may keep thee from the strange woman, from the stranger which flattereth with her words. And then Solomon goes on to explain to his children in Proverbs 7 about the, the attire of the harlot. How, how she dresses in a certain way and perfumes her body and, uh, with, with lovely smells. A passage about the subtlety in her heart and in her mind. A real intention for the simple ones. He talks there about the house of the harlot. And if you listen to the end of the chapter, he says, Her house is the way to hell, going down to the chambers of death. Delilah... Entice Samson. She had a mission to find out where his strength lay. And Samson was guilty of foolishness and stupidity in even beginning to discuss the issue with Delilah. And of course we believe that the child of God, the true Christian, they'll never really be attacked at their strongest point. They will always be attacked at their weakest point. I'm convinced that the devil knew Samson's weakness. He was guilty of foolishness. He forgot to bind the commandments of God. He, he forgot to seek after wisdom, knowledge and understanding. Even in relation to this Nazarite vow. And these women in particular. He was also guilty of the sin of lust. Samson was overcome with the lust of the flesh. He was binded by the allure of Delilah. Samson really had a problem with lust, uncontrolled, un unbridled lust. Here was his problem. He lusted after these women. He was a man really with a she problem. Think of the woman of Tidna. She pleased Samson. You can read about that there in Judges chapter 14. That came through Agate. 
Then you think of the, the, the harlot in Gaza. Think of Delilah now. Do you know, in our day and generation, there's a, an explosion of pornography on the internet. There's even channels on TV, television, purely for adult themes. Think of the adverts on television today with a blatant use of sexualization, simply and purely to sell products. And you see, tonight, the devil knows your and my weakness. He, he, he knows our, in a sense, Achilles heel. You've heard, perhaps, of Achilles in Greek mythology. He was supposedly one of the sons of the god. His mother was supposedly a sea goddess. And uh, he was taken to the river of Styx, held upside down, and dipped as a child in the river of Styx. His whole body was submerged, except for his heel. And later on in the battle, as the arrows were flying all around him, uh, he was really invincible. That's what he thought and everybody else thought. But that was all except for his heel. For his heel had never been totally submerged in the uh, water of the river of Styx. And an arrow struck his heel and he eventually died. And that's where that thought of the Achilles heel really comes from. Samson had got a problem with lust. We could maybe ask tonight, what do we lust after, covet in our hearts? For Samson, Samson, it was these ungodly Philistine women. For Delilah, it was money. Did you pick that up in the reading? Where the lords of the Philistines, and we will give thee every one of us 1,100 pieces of silver. There was five lords of the Philistines. It's why you believed that these 1,100 pieces of silver were, were probably the equivalent about um, 100,000 pounds in our money. So, so that would be 500,000 pounds worth. Half a million pounds. What could you do with half a million? What would you do for half a million? Would you sell your soul to the devil? Would you betray a man who professed to love you? You see, Samson was betrayed by this woman, Delilah. And, and he, he told this woman all that was in his heart because he had a love for her. And silly Samson as he was, he trusted her. I remember in the faith mission years ago, and we were told by the late Dr. Colin Peckham to beware of three things as young students. Beware of gold, and beware of girls, and beware of glory. They didn't really want us to have a girlfriend or get married in the faith mission. Because if you did and you married outside uh, the faith mission circle, then you had to leave the mission at that time. And of course, when we did eventually come into the Bible class of the Whitfield College of the Bible, I do remember... Um, Dr. Douglas, the, the former principal of the college, a, a great man of God. And he said, young men, there's two things will bring you down in the ministry. Money and the love of it. Or morals. And isn't that true? And there's some of us here, no, who are men of God, who are called into the ministry, elders of the church. And, and who have fallen sadly into sin and, and backstead and that stem from one of these two things. See, 
Delilah didn't really love Samson. She loved the silver and what it could do for her. So she was prepared to destroy him. Samson couldn't see it. He couldn't discern it. His heart was so full of lust. He had the lust of the flesh for this woman. Very quickly, there was another sin, the sin of forgetfulness. See, I believe that Samson really forgot his purpose and calling. What was God's will for Samson? If you look with me at chapter 14 for 13 for a moment, it says, And the Spirit of the Lord began to move him at times in the camp of Dan between Zorah and Eshtaol. I believe that the Lord had brought about the birth of Samson for Samson to be a deliverer of the children of Israel. Remember the, the Philistines were creating havoc in the land of Israel. And his consecration unto God, his, his Nazarite vow, what was a symbol that he was the final judge. He was a deliverer. And in fact, if you look and link it up with Judges chapter 15 and verse 16, and he judged Israel in the days of the Philistines 20 years. And yet here he is in the lap of Delilah, acting fast and loose with his entire consecration unto God. It impacted on his life of consecration to the Lord. I believe he sinned against the very purpose for his existence. He was sinning against light. Did he not know what Delilah was up to? He heard this call three times. The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. Surely any man with any wit and gumption would know what the woman was up to. Did he not care? When Delilah pressed him, what's the secret of your strength? He told her lies. She pressed him daily. She pressed him every day. She vexed him in his soul. And then eventually we read in the Bible that he told her all his heart. Verse 18. He knew what was going to happen if his hair was cut. Did he feel smug? Did he feel he could handle it? Remember he said, I will go out as at other times before and shake myself. It's okay. But there was a sin of forgetfulness. God has brought me into the world for a purpose. I'm the last judge. I'm the deliverer. Also tied into that was a sin of rebellion to the, the will and word of God. You, you think of Samson and his Attachment to the woman of Timnah. You, you think of him killing the lion with his bare hands. The lion, remember, was an unclean animal. You think of him later on taking the honey out of the carcass of the lion. You think of him down in the vineyards of Timnah. You, you think of him with a harlot in Gaza. You think of him with Delilah. You, you see, there's a rebellious spirit to the will of God. The will of God, he was to be a Nazarite from his mother's womb for the whole of his life. But there's a rebellious spirit in Samson's heart and mind. He, he, he's, he's inconsistent with the, the mind and will of God. But isn't there a rebellious spirit abroad today? I think of a young girl in Coleraine. I called her Blondie. And remember her coming to me as a young 
Christian and she said to me, David, do you think I should go to such and such a place? Now she was talking to me about going to, to a nightclub and, and I was saved, of course, from the nightclubs and I, I, I said, no, you, you shouldn't as a Christian. Um, go to such a place. Um, the Bible tells us if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, all things have passed away and all things have become new and all things are of God. And then, of course, the second question followed, because I was thinking, why would a young Christian girl growing up in the church, the free church, want to go to a nightclub down in Port Rush? And then the next question, well, do you know such and such a boy? And she mentioned his name. I said, yes, I do. And she said, well, do you think I should go out with him? Do you think I'd be able to go out with him? And I, I said straight away, is he saved? Does he know and love the Lord Jesus? Is he found in church on a Sunday? And I remember her saying, no, he's not. And I knew he wasn't. But, but I wanted her testimony on the fact. I pointed out to her, if in doubt, leave it out. And you know what she said to me? And I, I, I can see her yet. She said, I'm going anyway. I'll go to the nightclub. And I'll go out with the boy if I want. And nobody will be telling me, David, what to do. That young girl, she, she drifted spiritually for years. Wasted years. And to tell you the truth, I've lost contact with Blondie. Over 30 years ago, and I don't know where she stands. You see, here's Delilah. Samson, tell me the secret of your strength. And she keeps pressing it till he eventually tells her. And I believe Samson for a time had been living in a state of unconscious backsliding. And the Bible tells us, and he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. The sin that caused the Lord to depart. Secondly, and very, very quickly, and it will be quickly, the serious consequence of the Lord's departing. Samson, as I've said, is an Old Testament believer. But you know, Samson lost out. How did he lose out? He lost his purpose for his existence. He was raised up by God to be a deliverer from the Philistines. And yet what happens to Samson? He's delivered by Delilah into their hands for money. And there he is now in the hands of the enemy. So he lost his purpose for his existence. He lost his strength. We, we read there, and his strength went from him. You see, the tragic thing is, when the Lord departed, Samson didn't know it. He said, I'll go out as at other times. I'll shake myself. And he wished not that the Lord was departed from him. The Lord had withdrawn his presence. The Lord had withdrawn his power. And, and Samson was not aware of it. Sin had so blinded him to this reality. The sin of forgetfulness. The sin of lust. The sin of foolishness. The sin of rebellion. It, it was a tragedy. Can, can you think of this? I'll shake myself as at other times. I'm a match for the Philistines. It's okay. But he wished not. Could, could you see him rising up out of her lap? Shaking himself. Heading out the door. Where are you? He owed all the outward signs. But he wished not that the Spirit of the Lord had departed from him. And you know, a Christian, in a state of unconscious backsliding, 
can have all the outward signs. You can be in the house of God. You can hear the word of God. You can read the Bible. You can even engage in prayer. Could I even say, you could also be like me and preach the word of God. And yet, have a sense that we're not even aware of the withdrawing of God's presence and power. Not, no sense that the Lord is no longer with us in the way that he was. See, we believe tonight the Lord can withdraw and withhold his power and his blessing. He can withhold his, his presence. Samson now couldn't do battle with the jawbone of an ass, even though it was wrong to lift the jawbone of an ass if he wanted to. He couldn't carry the gates of Gaza away 30 miles. He had lost his power. He had lost the presence of God. Not only that, but he lost his eyesight. And he had a problem, the lust of the eyes, eye gate. The, these ungodly women had attracted his attention. What happens when the Philistines got him? Do you know they put his eyes out? Could I just tell you, they didn't remove them surgically. Wouldn't, wouldn't that have been kind to take him to the hospital? But there was no hospital. Do you know what they did? They got a red hot poker. They put it into Samson's eyes. He lost his eyesight. And as I've said, he lost the presence and power of God. He lost communion and fellowship with the Lord. The Lord had withdrawn. And surely that's something that we ought to fear individually and fear collectively. The serious consequence of the Lord's departure. The believer in that unconscious backslidden state, was the loser. You see, you can't live an inconsistent, hypocritical Christian life without losing out, losing out with God and losing blessing. Not only the sin that caused him to depart and the sad consequence, but I want you to think of this as we finish. The spiritual curse that flows from the Lord's departure. See, this didn't have to happen. This was a tragedy. He wished not that the Lord was departed from him. What was Samson thinking of? You see, he could see no wrong in Delilah. He, he was so entranced with her. He, there was a blindness, as it were, that come upon him that he couldn't see. That, that, that he was being set up, in a sense, a sheep for the slaughter. Isn't that, as we finish tonight, a, a picture of us betimes? We can be so inconsistent in the Christian life. At times we, we can be so pharisaical. We, we can be hard and judgmental on other people. And yet not see the beam in our own eyes, not, not deal with our own selves in the same strict way. Can we also be guilty of unconscious backsliding, going through the motions and yet lost the presence and power of God? I have to confess, I, I fear that. I, I pray that daily to the Lord. Because Hosea 5 and 15 talks about the Lord withdrawing. And here's a reality. If we disobey God and behave inconsistently, 
and live in a state of unconscious backsliding, then we too will lose out in the end. And our family will lose out. Our fellowship will lose out. And that will be the spiritual curse that will befall us. How many are living in the fumes even of past blessings? Blessings of yesteryears. The blessings of revival. And yet, not frequent at the prayer meeting. Little appetite for the Bible study. You know, really, and I say this with the greatest respect for you, I've said this to my own heart. Lord, I'm no different from Samson. The things that happened to him could equally happen to me. And that's true individually. It's true collectively for a church. It's true for denomination. I was speaking to one of our senior ministers. I was sharing this with Dr. McElveen on the telephone. And he said this. We could organize the Holy Spirit right out of the church. And I thought, wouldn't that be a terrible tragedy? The mechanics carrying on. And yet the presence and power of God is gone. And that would be a spiritual curse that flows from that departure. Where do you stand tonight? Are you a believer? Do you love the Lord? Do you want to live for him? Take this on board. There's the danger that we could lose much if we trifle and toy with sin. Sin was the cause of Samson's problem. And he couldn't see it. And he destroyed himself. He was to blame. He was responsible. Next week we'll see the restoration of this backslider. And it will be the final message. May the Lord bless these few words to our hearts.